listening to Pucker Up, CM Life's beauty, health, and fashion podcast. My name's Gigi Padilla. I'm the lead copywriter here at CM Life. And I'm Sarah Bebuck, a broadcast and cinematic arts student here at CMU. And we have a great show for you today. So we're going to be discussing limited time items. Um, one of our favorite makeup lines has gone cruelty-free. And we have a tea time that I feel like everybody would be pretty interested in about swatching. Controversy. Yes, we're all about that controversy. Now, we're first going to dip into limited time items. I feel like in the makeup world, we have such a giant like trend of making our items like so scarce that everybody like goes and sells out because nothing's more like impressive than a new beauty guru or a celebrity jumping into the beauty market being able to say, oh, my item sold out like in 20 minutes. But I feel like that also like just kind of makes your customers mad. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a big thing. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite limited time items. And of course, one of my favorite limited time items, which you cannot find in stores anymore, is a holiday collection item. And we've talked about this collection already on our podcast, and it's the Grand Hotel Cafe palette set from Too Faced. And this was for their Christmas in New York in 2016. That was like their big theme of the year. And it was just this really cute mini hotel came with three tiny palettes uh better than sex mascara and i think it was like oh yeah blushes and contour in mm-hmm. those palettes mm-hmm. as well and it was just the cutest little thing it was compact you could carry it with you and you opened it like a tiny little house and one of the best things and the only reasons i think why i impulse bought it was that the palettes were scented they and were so they smelled so good they literally smelled they literally smelled like cocoa and like cinnamon and gingerbread and it was so it was like a peppermint fun. one i think too. yeah there was i think the blush was like peppermint yeah, scented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i think the biggest like struggle with these limited time items like i didn't even know that this item was gonna sell out like it just popped in stores it was a little bit early i think it was i was home for like thanksgiving just a couple days it was early sooner thanksgiving. than thanksgiving it was i don't i don't remember what you went home for but you got it before Thanksgiving, and yeah. then you went back. So you tried going back for Black Friday shopping to get a replacement for your the bronzer that broke. Yes, because the bronzer gone. did break, and that is always like the hardest thing is when you get these limited hide, when you get these limited time items, and something in it breaks or something in it just like falls apart to your own like fault. Like you know, my little brother like dropped my palette, so it's like it was shattered. But I mean, like I can't go to the company and be like, hey. My little brother broke my makeup. Send me a new one. Like, that's um, not how that works. Excuse me, my palette broke. I need a new one. Yeah, like, stuff happens. You, you can't hold the company accountable for those mm-hmm. flukes. But then you can't buy a new one, which is always so sad. And that's why like... I was super frustrated because <laughs> she bought them, and I really liked them. Like, before this, I wasn't really an eyeshadow person, but they had so many cute shimmers and just mattes. And I really liked, I think it was called Cold Brew, which was like the shimmery black shade, but it wasn't super dark black it was like buildable so you could get that like light gray or just get like the darker shimmer on your eyelid and I was like ooh maybe I'm gonna start uh, experimenting with some eyeshadow here ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. no it was just a fun idea too and I feel like it has really set my expectations high for the Too Faced holiday collections and oh for sure every time they come out I'm so disappointed like I'm so sad to say it but I am like this year trash I'm sorry well they are releasing a ton of holiday products this year, to be fair, as the unusual defender of the holiday line. <laughs> they, I was like scrolling through how many objects, how many palettes, how many lip 
glosses, how many whatevers they're releasing. And there, it, there's like five or six things that are like their holiday line. So, I mean, it's it's better than the journal of last year, which we've ragged on a bunch. But yeah. like, I'm sorry. We are all like girls that are in it for the makeup. If you tag on it. And I love writing. Let's let's get that clear. I'm a girl who has a lot of journals. I'm not going to buy a palette because I get a journal with it. Yeah, no. That's that, not fun. I'm buying makeup. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to buy a journal. It wasn't even cute. It wasn't cute at all. I'm sorry. That was a really hit and miss with me, especially after, like, maybe they just spent all their time and energy in the 2016 holiday collection and they were just, like, phoned the next one in. Yeah. Well, that's, like, if they threw it, because I understand, like, okay, you don't want it to be just makeup, I guess, which is weird because you have, like, we're in it for the makeup, but, like... If you're going to give me an actual object, maybe give me like a makeup bag or yes. something I can use with my makeup and or give me like or give me like themed makeup remover or something like that. Just something that's related to the makeup without being makeup. Yeah. And I feel like holiday collections, packaging everything. Yeah. If you Literally. give me a cute little bow bag, I'm going to be all over that. I'm going to be like, ooh, that's cute as heck. I want that. Exactly. And so I think that was one of my biggest misses of having these limited items and i guess like the biggest question is like are these industries really doing it because they are running out of product or are they doing it because they want that like high esteem that their product has been sold out and you see that's what i don't understand um one of our roommates had this lush cream contour kit and i know everyone loves lush but like their makeup is kind of like so so yeah it's like so so it's like not that it's like not good good. it's just very under the radar Mm -hmm. And I really liked this cream contour kit because it just had a nice like array of shades that worked really well. And it blend, it melted into your skin. It was so nice. Like it wasn't sometimes with the cream contours, you kind of have to like really buff it out to make it blend. And this it was so effortless. Yeah, it was literally just drawing lines on my face, blending it out super like I could do with my fingers in like 10 seconds. I didn't need the brushes. I didn't need the sponge. I didn't need to go through this whole process. And it was dark. It was pigmented. But also you could like make it lighter and more subtle if you wanted to. And I loved it, and I wanted to buy one so badly, but it's not available. And Lush never even, like, announced it. It was yeah. never, like, addressed that this they had this and it was gone. It was just kind of like, oh, it's not, it doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, like, we're going to dip our toes in makeup, see who notices. Yeah, and then, like, I'm assuming nobody noticed. That's why they got rid of it. Like, I don't know if it was limited edition I, or if it just sold out and they were like, oh, there's no point in restocking it. But Lush, if you're listening, Bring I'd buy back. that. <laughs> I feel like that should be a constant thing. Every one of our podcasts, we're going to, like, at a beauty community or at a beauty, like, at a beauty, like, cosmetics line and be like, hey, bring this back just because I want it. Um, Anastasia Beverly Hills, Make It by Mario palette. I have been. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants that palette back. I've been drooling over it for years. And they, they brought, to be fair, they did bring it back once, but they announced that they're not bringing it back. If they are getting another Mario palette. Which they kind of hinted at, yeah, it's going to be a brand new one. It's not going to be... Makeup by Mario. Which, I mean, cool. I mean, I guess you're going to give me another limited edition palette that I'm not going to buy because it's going to sell it before I have any money to buy it. But, like, can you bring back the one I wanted first? Speaking of things selling out before you have money to buy it, or if you did have money to buy it and you were just at work during the time, let's talk about the Selena Mac collection. Because this is something I hold near and dear to my heart. Now, Gigi works like a... A long day, let's say 8 a.m. to like 7 sometimes when we have our podcasts. And that's just and that's not just one job. I have a couple jobs. So when I was super excited that Mac was coming out with the Selena collection and it was so pretty, it was in the purple 
you know, her iconic, like, purple color. And they have all of the makeup that was, like, in names of her actual music. And I wanted this really nice brick red lipstick. And it's so hard for me to find reds that actually complement my skin tone. And brick red is something my mom always told me. Like, you can do a brick red lipstick. Like, don't get too crazy with, like, candy apple and all that stuff. It's going to make me look, you know, like I'm a little girl playing in her mom's makeup bag. But this was... And I repeat, girls, the perfect red. And everybody has their own perfect red, but this was my perfect red. Now, in a mere, like, not even a half hour, I feel like this collection sold out. Because from the day it launched, when I was at work, to me coming home and grabbing my laptop, it was already all over every social media site that the Selena Mac collection had sold out. And of course, there's not a Mac store anywhere near Mount Pleasant. So I was not, and there's not a Mac store in my hometown. So I was not going to be able to like line up outside of the Mac store and wait and buy it in person. So I knew that like that was already the nails in my coffin. But I was looking at, you know, those sites like Poshmark, eBay, Amazon, and literally these makeup, the brushes, the lipsticks, the highlighters, everything in there. Most of them are listed for double the price. Oh, yeah. Like that Lush Contour Kit. Mm-hmm. I found that on eBay, and I think it, last time I checked, it was listed at $120. And I think our roommate said that she got it for like $15, 20 mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. They they hike up the price, obviously, because it was like a limited edition item. And people who really, really want it are going to pay that. Well, I really, really want it, but I can't afford that. So that's the big thing for me is if you are going to just like cut your supply down so like at such a small minimum amount that you literally sell out in a day like does that is that really worth the esteem for your like fans like I don't really shop at Mac at all anyway so I guess maybe I wasn't that loyal to begin with but I'm like sick of it I'm sick of Mac's Mm -hmm. like collab collections that they hype on like social media for like ever and then when it finally comes around to it you have to have, like, the fastest hands in the West to actually get on a wait list or to actually get it. Exactly. And that's how I feel about and that's how I feel about collaborations, too. Like, it's they get super hyped up on multiple social media accounts, like the Kat Von D, Too Faced, the heart palette they had. It was hyped up on both Sephora. It was hyped up on Too Faced. It was hyped up on Kat Von D. And everyone was talking about it. And now I'm like, I can't get it anymore. Yeah. Like, And it's the same thing with the... Manny MUA and the Jeffree Star collab, it's gone too. All these collaborations, like, it's nice. I'm hyped for These are, like, two people I like or used to like. And (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's gone. And I'm like, all right. Like, I guess that was cool. But, yeah, I was so lucky because I bought our roommate the Manny and Jeffree collab. And, of course, as soon as, you know, that friendship came crumbling down, he pooled all their products together. Which, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um... But so I was lucky it was and it was such a good that's one thing that I can respect about Jeffree Star is when he has kits, he has really good kits like his mini lips kits are really nice. And he had this highlighter and double lipstick duo kit that I bought for my roommate for I think it was Secret Santa. Yeah, Yeah, Secret Secret Santa. Santa. And she loved it. It was amazing. But that's the biggest thing. Like when all of these limited edition things happen and I'm so hyped and I'm so excited and I want to be that girl that gets it and I don't. That is when like catty me comes out it's like, when hearts break tears mm-hmm. fall that's when mac can like take me off their email list i don't even know you do i know you no although i'm super glad that they do list a fear shopping online at least mm-hmm. like 
I'm on Sephora's website right now, and I'm just going through, and the, everything is nicely labeled limited edition, so I don't even look at it, so I don't even want it, because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll come back when I have money, and then it's gone. Well, yeah, speaking of more limited edition things, this is less common. Um, I know, I don't know how many of you guys shop at Bath & Body Works, but the one thing I do hate about Bath & Body Works... Is there discontinued sense? Yes. It's the worst thing to ever happen to me because when I was young, I would always buy cucumber melon spray and lotion. Cucumber melon was a staple mm-hmm. of our generation. It was. And I think my absolutely favorite scent that has ever come out of Bath and Body Works is Lotus Blossom. No, it's Lotus Flower and Apple Blossom. And it was this pink tube. I remember you had that. And I bought that. And I knew. And I knew it was going to go away. So I bought that in an astronomical amount when they had their semi-annual sale. Mm-hmm. And I had it stocked. And I like literally just finished my bottle this year. Like, if you look it up, and, like, I don't even remember when it was actually, like, released, but I'm pretty sure it was our, like, freshman year of, like, college or maybe my senior year of high school. But I stocked up so much that I literally just finished my last bottle now, and I'm, like, sad. (laughs) I can't get over it. You can only buy ahead so much. Exactly. And while we're talking about Bath & Body Works, I know, although the scent has been returned due to popular demand, which is a anthem you don't hear too often, Mm -mm. um, our household loved Black Cherry Merlot. <laughs> yes. And everyone loved it. It just was such a good scent. Like, as a soap, as a lotion, as a body, as anything. It was just really good. And it started as a limited time edition, whatever. And my mom bought it around the holidays because I think it comes out in, it came out in fall as, like, a fall release limited edition. And my mom bought, like, four of them because she was like, oh, my God, these are so good. Of course, family six, you go through soap pretty fast. Mm-hmm. We are gone by, I think, that, like, I want to say March, something like that. And mom's like, oh, I'll go back and grab some more. And she was so upset. They were like, oh, sorry, that that was limited edition. We're not coming back. And she was heartbroken. She's like, that's the only scent I'll ever love. I was only loyal to that. And sure enough, uh, I think it was either a year or a couple months later, they're like, hey, yeah, we're bringing it back because everyone's (laughs) complained that it's gone. Exactly. And you see, I feel like I have a very, like, different taste and sense than like most people because my stuff never comes back by popular demand (laughs) it's like oh i'm sorry it's dead it's real dead but super dead i remember this one lady she like felt so bad for me she was like oh no like this is all i have i'm sorry like she was like well maybe you can try one of the outlet stores if they like because you know they get all like the overstock Mm -hmm. and everything like that and I, like, actually went, and all I could find was, like, the body butter of it. And that was the last thing, like, I ever owned, which I use that, like, super fast because I love lotion. It's ridiculous. I feel like lotion goes by a little quicker than perfume. Because perfume, you just kind of, like, spray, like, once a day. And I feel like we always switch up our perfume, too. Like, yeah, it's never the same twice spray. in a day. Like, my mom literally has, like, this giant tub of Bath & Body Work things, like, that she's, like, gotten through the years from sales and coupons. There's literally, like, if you guys remember, like, back, way back, when we're probably, like, middle schoolish, like, the old Bath & Body Work bottles, like, mm-hmm. maybe even, like, farther than that. She has one, unopened, untouched, like, this is where I get it from. Like Before my- the circle, <laughs> the cylinders. Yeah, it's, like, a super old Bath & Body Works bottle, and she still has it. I mean... My mom still has some of the old lotion bottles, the one with, like, the weird, like, ruffled edges or however yeah. you want. Mm-hmm. She still has those. They're still, I'm like, I kind of don't want to use it. It seems a little old. It seems a little expired, but it's still Yeah, kicking. does lotion expire? That's a big question. I feel like it doesn't expire as much as it's no longer sanitary, which yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess would make it expire, but 
Yeah. I don't think it would expire. Yeah, I wonder what it like the chemical com- compound of lotion Breaks like makes down. it. Like I don't know, doesn't moisturize enough. Like <laughs> I guess if it smells weird, you want to put it on. But like if it smells good, like I mean, live your best life. life exactly. Because that's the whole point too of like stocking a crazy amount of lotion and like perfume and stuff for the scents you like. You're hoping it doesn't expire before the time goes out. Yeah, so. especially with I mean, if you never open it. I assume, like, it's still, like, sealed. Like, it Mm -hmm. still has that long shelf life. But as soon as you open it, it's it's on a timer. Yeah. Especially something you, like, put your hand into. Yeah. If it's in, like, a pump bottle, then maybe it'll last. Last a little longer. But Mm -hmm. if it's something you, like, actually scoop your hand in or, like, you touch, it's going to go bad. But that's the biggest critique I think I'll have to say about limited edition items. I don't know how else to put... And I think it's a little bit of both, too. Like, I don't want to be like, hey, you know what? All of these makeup lines are jerks, and they do this on purpose. Because I do know that the Sweet Peach palette did way better than they expected. And I think that was another Too Faced product. And they actually brought it back. They made more, and they brought more back. Mm -hmm. But I think most of it is the whole scarcity demand thing. Like, women are going to buy it fast because it's gone or people are going to buy it and especially today like we know these things are going to sell out so we're up on our computer refreshing the browser Mm -hmm. so we can order it which our makeup company's playing into you know maybe probably but a little bit it's hard to say exactly i want to know like all the people that are on the pr list for this makeup and like how much they make if they never actually do like a YouTube video or do anything to it and they just like put it Mm -hmm. online. I would love to know because they even get like the early releases of these limited edition Mm -hmm. or not even limited edition, just makeup in general. I know when the Huda Beauty faux filter foundation came out, there were like huge like crates of it sent, not crates, but like all the shades were sent Mm -hmm. out to the beauty gurus, especially makeup artists to use for their I want to know, do they pay for that? Or is that kind of just like... No, they're on like PR lists. So like, it's literally just like their honest opinion stuff. I know a lot of our like YouTubers get kicked off of people's PR lists because they don't like what they said and whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think that's a cool thing. I know ColourPop did it. It was like a contest they did. Like you would enter your email and like you could be put in for a chance to win um, a year on their PR list. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being on like Jeffrey's PR list or Beauty Blender's PR list? Like... Please, like yeah. that. I feel like Put I would definitely give like all of my information at a chance to be at someone's PR. Yeah, here's list. my social security number. Um, <laughs> Maybe feel free to steal my identity. <laughs> uh, nobody else wants to be us. <laughs> <laughs> and better news: one of our very popular, I guess you could say, drugstore brands has actually gone cruelty free, and that's CoverGirl. I know Easy Breezy Beautiful CoverGirl now includes like help to our now furry friends. And I think that's just a really admirable thing to do, especially for big makeup companies that have been in the game for so long. Exactly. Like if you've been like CoverGirl has been a household name, like my mom uses CoverGirl. It's been around like it's it's time to move towards cruelty free. And all honestly, you, you know how your formulas work unless you're making new products. But even then, you still have the same general idea of what you're doing, how to do it. There's really no excuse to not be cruelty free, especially with a huge push to stop doing it. Yeah. And I think it's like you said, like everybody knows their formula. Everybody knows what they need to know. We already know how our skin works. And if you don't want 
to test your products on actual people, I think that's a big red flag. Like if you oh, yeah. have like a worry about it, like you should probably figure something out about your product. It's super telling if you're trying to get a human to test your product and they're like, um, yeah, this has mercury in it. I really don't want to put that on my face. It's going to be like, hmm, maybe I should uh, take the mer- mercury out of that. Yeah. And I think it's really cute. They're like, we've officially like taken the leap, all of our products. So you don't have to like pick and choose which products are actually cruelty free. Which is free. really nice. Yeah. It is Every single thing in their line is cruelty-free. And they have such a big reputation of being that lower, like, not cheap, but it's a drugstore brand. Like, most people mm-hmm. can afford may, Most people can afford CoverGirl. So it's like, if they can do it, these high-end beauty gurus and all of these high-end beauty products should be able to do it as well. Exactly. Like, like we mentioned, they've been around for a long time, like... If you're a company that's been around for a long time, it's it's time to move towards cruelty-free. There's no excuse not to. Yeah, and I'm a big supporter of, you know, cruelty-free makeup. I know that most of the brands we use are definitely cruelty-free. And I know sometimes when you're shopping, it's really hard to, like, check or hard to know exactly which brands are cruelty-free or not. But if you really want to know, you can always look online. They have a bunch of lists that tell you exactly which brands are cruelty-free and which ones are not. Exactly. And like CoverGirl is a brand my mom uses. Like they're definitely a big contender to bring into this cruelty free brand, like especially since it is like such a widely dispersed household name. I feel like the smaller companies or even some of the other bigger companies are going to be like, oh, crap, CoverGirl's doing this. We got to move towards it. Like it's a big deal when CoverGirl announces its new spokesperson. Like Ellen was a CoverGirl spokesperson for crying out loud. Like if Ellen's on board, everyone else is going to move on board. Yeah, they have a very big reputation, too, of choosing those really influential people in makeup to be their cover girl. And speaking of their cover girl, I remember James Charles is actually one of the first guys to be a cover girl, and that will lead us into Tea Time. Now, if you guys don't know anything about Tea Time, it is when we talk about the latest gossip in the beauty community. And today, we're talking about James Charles' new palette, and moreover, his new palette scandal. It's hot off the press. It is hot off the press. Now, I'm going to say right now, I'm a little biased already, just not that I love James Charles, but if you haven't heard, basically... His big scandal is when he was swatching his colors, there was already like a, a swatch under his black swatch. And when he re-swatched it to show how smooth and how pigmented it was, it was already over another swatch. And it's for his uh, Morphe collaboration. It's mm-hmm. like the new makeup line he's opening underneath of Morphe. Morphe. Yeah. So it's like, I understand people are like, oh, that's not as pigmented as you say it is. Like, oh, these are fake swatches, yada, yada. I understand really needing to trust the person you're buying makeup from. But also, these are all edited videos. Like, people have to realize, if you want real time, I believe he even said, he's like, oh, if you want a real, in real time swatch of my products, go to my Instagram story. Yeah, he did a live Instagram story of doing, like, the live swatches. Like, in these videos, he was saying he was messing up like these were pre-scripted videos he was messing up his lines and once you like make that swatch like what are you gonna do you're gonna run over grab a makeup wipe like no your arm is a gonna look gross because especially the black eyeshadow that's gonna mess up your whole arm you're not gonna be able to get that off b there's really no point to it just kind of like all right just do the line again re-swatch the line like a voiceover is not gonna line up with it it's it is what it is and if he needs to go over it again with his arm he's gonna go over it with his arm and C, swatching isn't really an effective gauge 
for how products work. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're not putting eyeshadow on your arm. You're putting it on your eyelid. You're using a brush. You're not using your finger. Although sometimes you do need that like a warmer blend with your finger, but you're not doing that. That's and cool. you're using multiple layers. Exactly. That's the biggest thing for me is and even Jacqueline Hill came and she chimed in and she's like, hey, literally, yeah. this is not how you use a product. Swatches are basically to show you what the color is. All color should be buildable. I feel like I don't want that pigmented of a oh, no. eyeshadow no, or no, I'm no, going to no. mess up all the time. Like Pigment is important, mm. but if you're giving me those bold, dark lines, I don't want that because then I'm going to no. have to give myself a carpal tunnel in my wrist blending that out. And I think that's why I just think this is a really kind of silly thing for people to come at him for. Like, I guess it's the beauty community and we latch on to anything that will be scandalous and serve for some nice cup of tea. But definitely this point was just hilarious to me because I'm like, nobody is using that product that way. Like Sarah said, like Jaclyn Hill said, literally you have buildable layers, you have primer, you have finishing spray, you do everything to your face beforehand just to get the look you want. Exactly. Like, pigment's important, but it's not the be-all, end-all. And we have so many tools that help create the eye look you want. You don't, you shouldn't rely just on the eyeshadow or else you're going to be not disappointed, but it's just not going to work. And the biggest thing for me, too, is like, hi, all these people coming at him, you probably love the Jaclyn Hill-Morphe collab. I know I did. Guess what? The same lab is making these eyeshadows. Like, I think that's one thing people forget. Like, it's, yes, it's a different concept. It's somebody else's vision. But by the end of the day, if they are pressed in a similar form, if they are made in a similar pan, it's probably the same lab creating these shades. Which means if you love that eyeshadow, you're probably going to love the next. Mm -hmm. That's why we earn trust with our brands. That's why when Anastasia Beverly Hills came out with their subculture palette and it didn't have the same kind of texture as the palette before, people were pissed. Yeah, and they called it out. Yeah, so if this is what happens in this palette and you buy it and there's a lot of fallout and it's not as pigmented as you want, then okay, like... That's not really on James Charles. It's more on Morphe, to be fair. I doubt he's, which, you know, if you want to be that beauty influencer who was in the lab and talking about the formula i know some of them do but most of the time when you have a large company like morphe making your palette they already have their pre-formula and you just come in to the pigments and the placement mm-hmm. and basically the artistry forgive my pun but <laughs> basically the whole color story is your idea while they take care of most of the technical stuff because most beauty gurus they're not scientists like nope. They Mm-mm. just have an idea. They want something to look pretty. So I feel like at the end of the day, if it's the actual company you're coming for, then go for the company. Like, hey, you made a really crappy product. What's going on? Don't go for the person whose idea it was. Like, I'm sorry. Like, sometimes it's like in movies when the script's really good, but, you know, your director is probably crap. Like, it's not entirely the person's idea's fault that the entire product didn't come out the way you wanted. And I really liked how James Charles addressed the tweets that were calling him out. Mm-hmm. He was very straightforward, very like kind about it. He wasn't like, oh, I can't believe you guys are talking bad about me. He was like, hey guys, I'm just letting you know that this is what happened. It was just like during the editing process that I goofed, I made a mistake, and we just went with it. Like, It didn't seem like he was justifying it. It was just like, hey, this is what happened. Believe what you want. I'm telling you what it is. No hard feelings. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, I also really respect the fact it's like, hey, you can buy my product if you want. I'm not making you guys buy my product. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing with people in the beauty community. You don't realize you do not have to buy products. Nope. If you don't agree with what the person stands for, if you don't like the way it looks in swatches, if you've heard some bad things and you want to trust those people you trust, don't buy the product. Exactly. Like, it's a consumer-driven agency. We give these influencers so much power and we give so much power to these like cosmetic lines because we trust them and we want a good product. But at the end of the day, it's still your wallet. Like yeah. you can take your business somewhere else. And just because one person likes or dislikes a product doesn't mean you're necessarily going to like or dislike a product. Like mm-hmm. people have different skins, people have different tastes, people have different objectives that they want to reach with their makeup skills. And some tools get them there and some tools don't get them there. And it just depends on what you as a consumer want. Exactly. Because it's like at the end of the day, like Sarah said, we have different skins. Like something might look good on me and look terrible on Sarah. Something might look terrible on me and look amazing on Sarah. That's the benefit of having roommates. We have a much larger makeup collection. Mm -hmm. And really, you shouldn't put so much. I guess you just shouldn't put so much trust in the YouTube comments that we are nowadays, because at the end of the day, you won't know until that product's in your hand. No, you won't. Because, like, I was really surprised with some products, like, I have. Like, I've gotten a CoverGirl palette that I thought was going to be, like, amazing. That was crap. And I've gotten, like, I think it was the it was the nudes palette. It was the blush nudes palette. It was yeah. kind of, like, the knockoff. And it was really good. And then they had, like, a 24-karat gold, like, nudes palette. And I got that one. And it was, like, I didn't really like it that much. And it wasn't because the formula was off. It was just... I didn't really enjoy the colors yeah. that were in it. And, and I know people who love that palette that mm-hmm. swear by it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's like the only palette our other roommate like used for the longest time. And it's just personal preference. Like at the end of the day, colors might not look on you the way you thought it they would. And it really isn't anybody's fault, you know? No, it's and that's it why is what it is. It's the funniest thing that pigmentation is the thing that was like up for debate here. I mean, it's a Morphe palette. It's going to have decent pigmentation. It's not going to be like a dry Crayola crayon there's gonna be color there it's gonna be buildable if you want it to be wearable that's just my thoughts on it and that's how I want me how I want my makeup to be I don't want to stick the eye brush on my I don't want to stick the brush on my eye and have this dark smudge across my eyelid that I can't get out like I want that buildable pigment that you can achieve which you normally can achieve through Morphe Exactly. And that's one thing I do love about Morphe is they're always collabing with other people, but they also always have their own. They also always have their own products that they constantly get out and you can make your own palettes and everything like that. So at the end of the day, you don't want the James Charles palette. Don't buy it. But don't come at him on YouTube comments and Twitter is trying to talk about how his whole product is a fake, because I'm going to tell you right now. The likelihood of you having that Jaclyn Hill Morphe palette in your closet right now is probably pretty high because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I have it in my closet. So I know for a fact that Morphe is a pretty good brand and I've never been really disappointed with their stuff. I think this is our first tea time where we haven't attacked someone. And I'm proud like, of us. I'm super <laughs> proud of us. We were like, ah, no, we're on the defense squad this time. Yeah, well, because, OK, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I get really into the comments and I like to know what people's. Because I am an advertising major, so I like to know how consumers react to the things that people do. Like, I need to know that like for my future job. And I feel like in this place right now with James Charles and his product, and it's just so black and white, like, 
as consumers, you don't have to buy it. No, nope. <laughs> like, don't buy it if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all the time we have for today. Next week, I think we're going to talk more on the health side. We're going to talk about how you can fight that cold because we all know that it's getting colder. Daylight savings happened. It's getting darker. And we're all going to be having a runny nose and stuffy nose in the very near future. It's going to be a rough winter. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you some family secrets that keep me healthy or at least keep me kicking when I am like going down the drain. Mm-hmm. So... This was Gigi Padilla. You can follow me on Instagram at Gigi underscore Padilla 97. And I'm Sarah Bebuck, and you can follow me at that same name, Sarah Bebuck, on Instagram as well. And that you were listening to Pucker Up. Pucker Up.